This is the On the Pony Express podcast. Part of the On3 network. Check out all the SMU coverage you need at ontheponyexpress.com. Now, now. here's your host, Billy Embody. Billy Embody. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the On the Pony Express podcast. I am Billy Embody. Thanks for listening. We are presented by Status Jet, as always, our proud sponsor of SMU Athletics, but also of OnThePonyExpress.com. David Henry and his team at Status Jet will get you guys hooked up no matter what you're interested in when it comes to private jets and the private jet experience, whether you're buying a plane, selling a plane, or looking for that personal touch when it comes to your travel plans, Status Jet can take care of whatever you need, uh, big plane, small plane, helicopters, whatever, they've got it covered. And when you go to statusjet.com and you call them or you submit a, uh, you know, their contact uh, form, be sure to mention code PONYUPACC or mention that on the Pony Express sent you and that'll help you get a discount on a round trip uh, flight plan for you and your friends. But most importantly, with it being that time of year with some you know, really important trips coming up for people across the country in the private jet space, whether that be the Super Bowl, whether that be skiing, snowboarding, those destinations in Colorado can be hard to get to, or spring break in Mexico, check out the opportunity to use Status Jet as your private jet chartering experience because they will take care of you. And whether you're somewhere and your private jet company that you've used for a while falls through on your plans, call up Status Jet. They'll take care of you. They have a large network of planes and different companies they work with to get you from A to B, but do it in that luxuri- luxurious way that you'd expect with a private jet company. So dial them up, Status Jet, statusjet.com, code PONYUPACC, and mention on the PonyExpress.com. And David Henry and his entire team will help you with your private jet experience. We come to you guys with a really interesting Monday, I would say. And let's lead off with the big news of the day. And that is that SMU starting center, Branson Hickman, has announced that he is going to play his final year of college eligibility elsewhere. He does have, I think, maybe two years to play one, um, but he is uh, moving on. Um, to play his uh, what will be his final year of college fil- football elsewhere. And so Branson Hickman uh, was one of the um, key guys that SMU was relying on when it came to moving into the ACC. You had a guy who started multiple years at center for the Mustangs, and now um, he'll be out the door come uh, May. He'll enter the portal in the spring window, which is in April, and he'll graduate and and – um, play his final year elsewhere. And this is an interesting one. Let's go back to 2020, played in a pair of games uh, during the COVID season, and then played in nine games with seven starts in 2021, and then uh, started um, 12 in 2022, and then all 14 games in 2023. He was kind of always undersized, and SMU had brought in a couple guys here and there, and notably this past offseason with Ja'Kai Clark, who you kind of looked at as players who could step in and theoretically take his spot. 
And I think when I look at this move by Branson Hickman, I have a a few different thoughts on it. But let's let's start with the fact that starts 33 games at SMU. He has fended off multiple guys that have come in and tried to take his starting spot. And and this is a, a guy right here that is a Branson Hickman fan. I've defended him. There are a lot of people that are out there that say, oh, he's undersized. He gets pushed around, this and that. Well, he really has just gotten the job done at a very consistent level. Am I sitting here saying he's Justin Osborne, the, the guy I think is the best offensive lineman for SMU? No. Is he a solid starting center who got way too much grief for how he played at times? Absolutely. You don't want to lose a multi-year starting player just about anywhere. I mean, we saw that with Tanner Mordecai last year. Uh, SMU was perfectly fine with him walking, but you normally don't want to see it. And especially at a spot that SMU showed this year why they went out and got so much depth going into the 2023 season on the offensive line. They added Hyron White. They brought in Logan Parr. They brought in Ja'Kai Clark. Um, uh, PJ Williams, they brought in different guys with the hopes that it would really solidify, and even Caleb Johnson, it, that it would solidify the offensive line for the long haul of a physical season. And it did that. We saw Justin Osborne could kick out to right tackle when Hyron White went down. We saw Logan Parr step up from a guy who was an unknown uh, in terms of how he would do to be one of the team's best offensive linemen. Branson Hickman held down the center spot because Ja'Kai Clark came in overweight, out of shape. By the end of the season, Ja'Kai Clark was helping on that interior rotation on the offensive line. So you don't want to lose a guy like this. And I, I think this move for Branson Hickman is everything that is somewhat wrong with college football, in my opinion at least. Not everything, but parts. You have a guy that is a three-year starter. He he. Did four great years at SMU. Never was a a guy that staff complained about behind the scenes, in front of the media, any of that. He was very, very much a guy who was completely bought in. But you're going to leave SMU for one year somewhere else, most likely one year, to go challenge in the summer for a starting job. And kind of behind the scenes, quite honestly, just kind of heard he wants to play in front of big, big crowds week in, week out. Like think a, and I'm not saying these are the teams at all, but but like a like an Auburn or a, a Clemson or just like 80,000 people a week. Like that's kind of what he's envisioning is what I've heard. Now, he's also been a guy that quite frankly has been slighted at the same time at, at moments by SMU staff. You bring in Ja'Kai Clark, who started – 40-something games for them at Miami. The expectation was if he was health, uh, if he was in shape, he'd probably take over for Branson Hickman. And he would not be in this redshirt situation and coming back next year. But now that he's back, would he have overtaken Branson Hickman? I don't know. He was losing weight. He's on the right track now. Certainly going to battle for the starting center job. He's a bigger, thicker guy, even though he's still shorter like Branson. There was no guarantee that he would be the starting center, but if you're asking me if Branson Hickman would be the game one center for SMU, I would tell you yes. He's fended off different guys. He's um, 
been able to show his consistency and his worth. And SMB pays him. You know, there's a there's an NIL deal. They also offered more to kind of keep him. But you know what? He wants a fresh start for one year. And I just think sometimes it's not like he's somebody that has really been, from what I understand, tampered with and thrown all these insane money amounts at him. But he's still probably going to get paid, and there's still probably teams that have tampered with him. But for a guy that his dad went to TCU and played there, and he's going to leave SMU one year short of being one of the, quite honestly, most more accomplished offensive linemen in recent history to come through the program with his starts, with his consistency. And you're going to blow up all the things post-grad that maybe you could have potentially had for one year elsewhere where you're not guaranteed just about anything. I don't know. It just, it, it's wild to me. It's just, it's a wild um, jump for him. And again, we've defended Branson Hickman on, on this pod, podcast for how he played, how hard he, hard he played, how consistent he played, much better he is than probably how it looks at moments on film. It's going to be interesting to see how that works out for him for one year. He's got one year to make a huge impact elsewhere to raise his whatever draft stock there is. Remember, Evan Brown was a really good center at SMU, kind of undersized. And he ended up, I think, going under undrafted. I don't think he snuck into the seventh round. I could be totally off on that. He's bounced around to different spots in the league. I've compared and talked about Branson Hickman similar to Evan Brown in you know, many ways. Now, Evan Brown has that Ed Oliver game that he can always lean on, which love it. But Branson Hickman has played at a high level for a long time at SMU. And now he's going to go somewhere else, nothing guaranteed, to maybe get a bigger, bigger role or excuse me, a bigger stage. It's just interesting. You know, it's just one of those weird things in the portal. So, at the, and this is at the same time that SMU is moving up to the ACC. You know, there's Louisville is probably the best atmosphere SMU is going to face on the road next season. I, I mean, that's just off the top of my head. You know, I think Duke, Virginia, um, one other, um, or, or, you know, what's next for SMU. But it's just a strange, it's a strange day. It's, I heard about this a week ago, so this wasn't something that had really been um, out of the blue at Duke, at Louisville, at Stanford, at Virginia, by the way. This wasn't out of the blue. The coaching staff had conversations with him. They worked with his family, um, you know, to get kind of a um, to to try and see if this can be solved. But wants to move on. I was joking with uh, somebody, or somebody I guess joked with me, um, and and this is no shot. His dad is is a. Uh, uh, Dallas Jesuits head coach and and is well respected in the area. Um, I think his dad's name is Brandon Brandon Hickman, um, but he played at TCU and and somebody said to me, well, of course he's going to get bad judgment uh, from his dad. He, he graduated from TCU, so don't blame me in the comments. It's a joke, but um, it is just it's crazy. Like I don't know, it's one of those wild days in the portal. It, it's not a guy that you sit here and you're like, oh wow, that is a uh, Elijah Roberts is moving on to go play somewhere else. You're not scared 
to death that Branson Hickman is walking out the door because Ja'Kai Clark is coming up. And we'll talk about that in a second. I'll be done with this rant in a moment. But it is just so surprising to just kind of see after four years spending your time and starting all these games and sticking it out. And then all of a sudden one day, and this, this is after multiple years of, you know, multiple programs out there, especially a couple nearby, wink, wink, that have at least given him a call off the record to try and come come over to their side. And he didn't do it. Now he's going to go play somewhere else. Just wild. So Branson Hickman is out the door. I don't think he's going to reconsider things over the next couple months, but who knows? Crazier things have happened. Um, and with that in mind, your starting center for 2024 is going to be Ja'Kai Clark, in my opinion. And Logan Parr was outstanding uh, for SMU at left guard. And, and he is somebody that is really special, I, I think, and is really strong, has a chance to really show some people over the next two years in, a, in ACC play that he is that dude um, for them, as I update my scholarship chart here. Um, and he's going to have a chance to, you know, really make, I think, even more waves for himself at left guard. I think Ja'Kai Clark is your starting center. And if you're asking me who would be first off the bench if he got hurt, I think it would be Logan Parr, but you're also going to work Alex Woods at center, I would imagine. I think that's that's like a no-brainer. I mean, Garen Justice has done a really nice job recruiting offensive linemen for SMU, in my opinion at least, and developing them. And Alex Woods got a little bit of burn early in fall camp at center and eventually redshirted, and they settled him into, I think, you know, behind guard. I think he was kind of nicked up here and there, could be wrong, but – Alex is a very smart young man. His brother played for Garen Justice at FIU, I want to say. And so he kind of comes from the, the a family of offensive linemen. And Alex Woods, I think, just screams next up at center long term. Could, as a redshirt freshman or a second-year freshman, he be the backup center? Absolutely. I mean, Branson Hickman, undersized and all, started the last seven games for SMU in 2021, and he never let go of that center job. There could be a path for Alex Woods to do that after Ja'Kai Clark, or maybe you work him in in moments and start building him up so that as a redshirt sophomore in 2025, he gets three years at starting center and you're you're sitting pretty. That's how I see the progression for SMU from Branson Hickman to Ja'Kai Clark, in all likelihood, to Alex Woods just looking at the guys on the roster. Now, what does Branson Hickman's departure mean for the rest of the offensive line? This is where things can get interesting. Things can also get a little, um, I want to say a little fluid now. SMU brought in Savion Bird and Nate Anderson to shore up the offensive line. Savion Bird can play all four spots on the offensive line outside of center. Nate Anderson, probably a true guard, a guy that can be, be behind uh, somebody like Logan Parr be behind somebody like Justin Osborne if Osborne does slide back at center or excuse me back at guard um, if SMU doesn't bring in a right tackle and then you have Marcus Bryant at left tackle you have PJ Williams you have Caleb Johnson and you have uh, Kale, uh, and you have Savion Bird battling it out on the right tackle side of things I think that's a very natural thing that we'll see in the spring. What is next is because you have Logan Parr, Justin Osborne, Ben Sparks, and 
I would probably just say Alex Woods at this point along the interior, the, the true guys that I feel like you can rely on there, you need another tackle. And you need another tackle because you need to address the depth one more time on the edge. If Marcus Bryant goes down, you're looking at P.J. Williams at left tackle, which will be he needs to continue to develop. I think getting his body just a little bit more in the right direction would be huge for him. I think P.J. Williams could also play guard. We'll see. But you need to solidify the right tackle spot. And Savion Bird could play out there because he's a guy that hasn't necessarily, and I think this plagued him a little bit at OU, but I think they have, or they had, a lot of their offensive linemen transferred out, but they had some absolute monsters and weapons out there at left tackle and right tackle for OU. Um, and I think their starting right tackle was um, a true freshman. I could be wrong. Maybe it was left. But Savion Bird could just couldn't get over that hump of putting on weight at OU enough where he could be a force at guard. At right tackle playing on the edge, I kind of like it a little bit more. And he'll have an opportunity. He'll have opportunities across the line now because Branson Hickman departs. Ja'Kai Clark has to play center. I don't think they're going to move Logan Parr in at center and say Logan Parr has to play center. I, he'll be an option. I just see that being the way it goes. So the offensive line will be very interesting, but in the portal in the spring, they're for sure going to go after a tackle. Now maybe they do go after one more one more interior guy, and you kind of, again, try to put things back together in a, in a pretty good spot. They have enough enough depth they don't have as much depth as maybe they had at the tackle position this year with Hyron White and Marcus Bryan and then um uh PJ Williams and um some of the other kind of guys they had there from time to time being able to kick out at Justin Osborne I just think it's changed a little bit Justin Osborne could still be a guy that maybe they end up liking at right tackle but that's what the spring's for Garen Justice will tinker and try to figure out who's best where, and then they'll address things in the strength conditioning program, getting guys ready to play wherever they feel is best. So the offensive line, all of a sudden you get a couple, you get a storyline out of uh, the, the later parts of January. So what a fun time to be in. Um, as far as if there's anybody else that transfers out, you never know in, in this day and age. I'm not saying that to scare people. I'm not saying that I know of anybody who's going to transfer out, but it is just one of those things that, We'll see a, a little bit more attrition, I think. I mean, there will be some guys that naturally move on, but I, I don't necessarily think we're going to see uh, an exodus of guys, at least in my opinion. I mean, they've sat down in classrooms now. They've had conversations with the coaching staff. Um, there are probably a few guys that can graduate and move on. That makes sense. But this was this was not surprising because the coaching staff had been in discussion, but a little bit surprising from the standpoint of, wow, he's he's really doing it. He's really leaving. So um, that is interesting. Always is. A quick reminder before we get to the ACC schedule release and kind of how interesting that was. Quick reminder to check out our friends at Status Jet. You can go to statusjet.com. See the aircraft that are for sale on there. Uh, there's already one on there. You can uh, contact David Henry. And he and his team will help you sell or buy your next private jet. So be sure to uh, contact them for more details on that. Again, uh, our friends at Status Jet will bring you guys all the luxury 
um, and personal service that you need when it comes to the private jet experience. Use promo code PONYUPACC as you book your round trip destinations. On Wednesday, the ACC and full schedule or the full schedule for ACC teams comes out. So what will we know? We'll know the trips and when they could be for SMU fans when it comes to Stanford, Louisville, Duke, UVA. Those trips, we're going to be ready. We're going to start working on packages for SMU fans with our friends at Status Jet. Some, you know, expensive options, really nice. Some where you're looking at doing it at a reasonable cost, but being able to fly charter with a bunch of people. So we'll have a bunch of different options we're going to try to explore with our friends at Status Jet. And that just goes to show how many options they can bring to the table with their network of people that they work with in the private jet chartering space. So check out our friends, Status Jet, presenting sponsor of the On the Pony Express podcast and proud supporters of SMU Athletics. Guys, Monday, I thought we were going to get game times. I thought we were going to get TV coverage for week one of college football. But no, all we got was matchups. And so a little sad there, as you can see, if you're watching on YouTube, actually, one of the Knowles uh, Twitter accounts fans uh, giving the Michael Scott gif uh, there on, on how they feel about the schedule being released. But week zero, Florida State, Georgia Tech kickoff in Dublin. So an ACC matchup right off the bat. Week one begins with North Carolina at Minnesota on Thursday night. Wake Forest. I've got to get the Let's see who some of these teams are. Um, NC State hosts Western Carolina. Wake Forest opens the season at home against North Carolina A&T. Friday, August 30th, Stanford hosts TCU, while Duke will kick off its first year under Manny Diaz with a home game against Elon. And then Saturday, Clemson, Georgia, in Atlanta in a massive non-conference matchup there. And then Miami travels to Florida, and Virginia Tech heads to Vanderbilt. Boy, Vod Tech getting to go to Nashville just tears my heart out thinking about that game canceled by the Commodores with SMU. Pitt will open at home against Kent State. Syracuse will host Ohio. Louisville takes on Austin P at home. And then uh, Cal hosts UC Davis. Georgia Tech plays Georgia State. And then SMU takes on Houston Christian. And Virginia wraps things up by hosting Richmond. Now, uh, one more game. Uh, Boston College plays Florida State. Uh, or Bo- Yes, Boston College uh, plays Florida State on Labor Day um, on, the, on that Monday. So be sure to uh, watch for that one as well. Um, so full slate of ACC games to come Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and uh, well, I guess they skip Sunday, but Monday. Uh, so for your Labor Day weekend, plenty to keep you busy. Unfortunately, no game times or kickoffs announced. On Tuesday on uh, the ACC Network, if you don't have it, it's awesome. I've been watching a lot of it. Uh, Tuesday, ACC PM will release the Thursday and Friday night games for the season for the ACC. That airs beginning at 3 p.m. Central if it's anything like today, they'll kick it off, just boom, announce it and and have it out. So we'll see if SMU gets any Thursday, Friday games. And then on Wednesday, the ACC huddle will release the full 2024 ACC football schedule, which I assume, and 
SMU would hope to have their fourth non-conference game in. They have BYU, they have Vandy, uh, or excuse me, they have BYU and TCU and, and Houston Christian. Those games are accounted for and planned. They need one more. I don't know if that's going to include it, but we'll see. Um, Wednesday, January 24th, from 4 to 6 p.m. Central on ACC Network, they will announce the full 2024 football schedule if you're Eastern time. It's 5 to 7. Um, it's going to be interesting. I am going to be in uh, Florida for my brother's wedding, and I don't think I will catch the end of it. So hopefully they do an hour of breaking down the schedule and releasing it and then uh, get into um, uh, kind of breaking breaking it down in the second hour. But nonetheless, uh, it'll be exciting to see what the full schedule entails for SMU in uh, the ACC in 2024. Here, here's a couple thoughts um, on on the ACC schedule. One, I, I think there's a no-brainer situation where SMU faces Cal or Stanford on Thanksgiving. It'd be, I, I, I have no, no doubts, that's going to be your long-distance travel game baked in for one side. Uh, every year. And I don't know if they're going to make it SMU Cal or SMU Stanford on Thanksgiving every year. They're going to rotate it. Um, but I, if I have any predictions, I have to predict that SMU will play either Cal or Stanford Thanksgiving with the idea that the travel would be, that would be, it would make sense. Um, so we'll see. SMU hosts uh, Cal this year. They go on the road at Stanford um, and we'll find all that out Wednesday um, unless it's a Thursday or Friday game. I have no idea other than that. They're, they're keeping it really close to the vest. I talked to a couple SMU people who said, there's n- nothing for you. No, no reason for you to ask. They are announcing it. They will send us graphics and they will uh, announce it for us. So pretty wild, um, but that is how you don't have leaks on the schedule. So it'll be fun for everybody to uh, find that out. Um, one thing, a couple, a couple things here on the ACC schedule uh, and the opening um, weekend, especially week one. Uh, one, I think, you know, F- Florida State getting two back-to-back national games, good for them, makes a lot of sense. They're going to be interesting to see how DJ Uyunglele takes over on offense for Mike Norvell. They've, again, done a really nice job in the transfer portal overall um, with how they've been able to address their team. And they're they're going to be very different. So, so, I mean, as much as I – I like not Mike Norvell and what he's done. And obviously, if Jordan Travis doesn't get hurt at the end of the season, they're they're probably going. I, I just got to think they're going to the college football playoff. But uh, they look like a different team. But what they've done is they brought in elite transfer talent: Sean Murphy, a linebacker from Alabama; Marvin Jones Jr., a, an elite, elite level five star prospect just a cycle ago from Georgia. Um, Jalen Brown, a guy I know from LSU, uh, who's a four-star receiver. They've gone out and and addressed some positions in a, in a positive way. I still think they're going to look different than than what they did this past year. It's just going to be tough uh, to see uh, how the Seminoles look, which means the ACC could kind of be wide open a little bit at the top. I still think you're going to have Florida State and Louisville right right there, right there at the top. But does Miami finally you know kick? the door down and, and turn into a program that can win the big games, can be consistent. Can NC state take that high level defense that they play and turn it into kicking the door down and being uh, an ACC champion. I think what they've got going on right now over there is really impressive. Uh, Tony Gibson, the defensive coordinator is something special. 
Um, they will have their work cut out for themselves to do it. And then Clemson, do they figure it out with Cade Klubnick in year two as a starter along with Garrett Riley, familiar face there, um, at offensive coordinator. But if we're looking at week one, I think you could kind of get a glimpse at some of these, some of these teams and maybe, um, you know, how SMU should be feeling a little bit about their expectations for the 2024 uh, season because there are some good matchups. I got to give some of these ACC teams credit. They've been able uh, to schedule some high-level games, um, and SMU will be able to get an idea for some of these you know, teams and how they're going to maybe look throughout the course of the season. Now, Miami beat Texas A&M early in the season last year and ended up 7-5 and five overall, and the Aggies were bad. Things happen, but Stanford hosts TCU. If the Cardinal can knock off the Frogs, first of all, I'm sure every SMU fan here would be very excited about that. That could spell a lot of trouble for Sonny Dykes if they start that season off with a, a loss to Stanford, which really struggled. Like Cal was bowl eligible. I think I think they were bowl eligible. Cal was bowl eligible. Stanford was a bottom feeder in the in the Pac-12. Duke does play Elon on that same day, but I think Duke's going to be able to figure it out. But sometimes you never know with some of these new coaches, new quarterbacks, new new systems, things like that. Um, but North Carolina also travels to Minnesota to play PJ Fleck on Thursday night. That's an interesting one. Um, and Clemson is going to probably quite honestly, get their teeth kicked in by Georgia, uh, Saturday in, uh, Mercedes Benz stadium in Atlanta, Miami, Florida is an awesome in-state matchup. I'm glad they play. Hey, look at that. Two in-state schools that aren't too far from each other playing. Imagine that, uh, Virginia tech on the road at Vanderbilt. Uh, that'll be an interesting one, kind of a must win uh, for Clark Lee at Vanderbilt to really get things started. And then you see uh, a lot of, you know, pretty, you know, gimme type games the rest of the way. Um, SMU will host Houston Christian. Somebody made a point to me, oh, worried about um, what time the game is. And I said, well, honestly, you kind of hope for it, it to be on ACC Network Plus because usually that means the school can say we want to play it at night, which would be nice. Um, so as much as you want to be on TV and show a blowout of Houston Christian in front of nobody, like, let's be real, it's Labor Day weekend. SMU will, I mean, there's excitement, but it'll probably be pretty quiet in Ford Stadium. Uh, let's just have that one be a 6 o'clock ACC Network Plus kickoff and move on with our lives. Um, so... The new ACC schedule model will mean that the top two teams in terms of conference winning percentage will play for the ACC championship um, on the first Saturday in December in Charlotte, North Carolina, in case you want to keep that weekend open. Uh, this is uh, going to be an interesting slate for SMU. There are winnable games. There are not so winnable games. At, I think, obviously, there's an at best, which is undefeated, but I think at best, SMU goes six and two in their league schedule. That would mean beating Boston College, Cal, Pitt, Duke, uh, not Louisville, Duke, Stanford, and Virginia while losing to Florida State and Louisville. That's best case. Middle of the road, I could see them losing to Florida State and Louisville, dropping the game at Duke maybe, dropping the, uh, maybe a game at Boston College. I like SMU's chances to go 3-1 and one at home in league play. I, I think it's a good enough uh, – slate for them um, and then at worst you're looking at a team that and they Mark Packer and David Hale are 
two guys that are regularly on the ACC network and Mark Packer hosts ACC PM for those of you who aren't familiar just yet. Um, they were talking about, and it's similar. We've talked about this on the board a lot. When you're not used to playing a schedule like SMU is about to go play, and I'm not even talking about having TCU and BYU in the non-conference and who knows that what that fourth one is, but you've got to go week in, week out and play an ACC schedule where all these teams, including Cal and Stanford, have played at the Power 5 level the last few years. When you're talking about being sore, when you're talking about getting hit, those games week in, week out could wear on you. And guys that maybe weren't necessarily, um, you know, guys that were able to withstand some of the punishment, guys that were able to stay a little fresher because SMU got some games where they got up big in AAC play, you're not going to get that this year. I'd be, I'd be real surprised. I mean, maybe UVA, I mean, maybe. Like, that was a bottom feeder last year in ACC play and overall. Maybe they can, you know, take it to them and get up big and you know, get some guys some rest. I don't know. that. I don't think you're going to see that this year. I really don't. But week in, week out, you're playing guys that are bigger, stronger, faster than you did in the AAC. There are very few teams that will look like what SMU played in the AAC. Even Memphis and Tulane. Those are two really good ones, but there's not many teams that are going to look like like what they just played week in, week out. So the physical toll is going to take a little bit more on you. How does SMU withstand that? That'll be the the really big wake-up call um, for SMU. That was what David Hale and Mark Packer were talking about on ACCPM uh, today uh, on, on Monday. So it'll be really interesting, but it's going to be a lot of fun. So we'll hopefully have a full reaction podcast Thursday, maybe, on um, – where things stand with the schedule once it's out, but no promises. My brothers get married this weekend, so uh, we're excited for that. But, I'm, but I am working on some fun stuff for you guys uh, for another pod at least later this week. So be sure to subscribe to OnThePonyExpress.com. Just a dollar for your first two months when you use code SMU1. That's SMU the number one. We are at an all-time high of subscriptions. We're going to be adding a new staff member here soon. We've already got Kevin Lonquist joining myself on the site. So the site is expanding. It's exciting times. Be sure to spread the word if you already subscribe and email me or DM me if you get somebody on board. And as always, we'll comp you a month if you bring us a new subscriber. So hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. Thanks to Status Jet, as always, for being our presenting sponsor. And we will catch you guys later this week with another edition of the On the Pony Express podcast. Thanks for listening to the On the Pony Express podcast with Billy Embody. Follow us on your socials on X at SMU on three and on Instagram at on three SMU. And keep it locked to on the for more coverage. <laughs>